We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful. A lot of anxiety. And it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Today, Louisville settles with the family of a young black woman killed by police for $12 million, and Biden and Harris continue pandering, but some Latinos are not having it. This is Rob Smith is problematic. If you've never heard the name Breonna Taylor before, I'm going to give you some background on who Breonna Taylor was. And you may have heard this name before. This young lady, this late young woman has become a flashpoint in the Black Lives Matter movement. So the background on Breonna Taylor, this was a young Black woman that was shot and killed in her home by police. The local police executed what is called a no-knock warrant. So they barged into the house that Breonna Taylor shared with her boyfriend and they apparently had a warrant for drugs. So they had this no-knock warrant, so they barged in there. The boyfriend claims that he thought the police officers were just intruders, and he's shot because, and and this is what he's claiming. He's saying that he didn't know who it was. This could be anybody, so he shot. This sparked a shootout, and this cost Breonna Taylor her life. So this is the background on the story. You may have heard that it, it, this, this late young woman became a flashpoint for a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests that have been happening in this country. So that's the background on the Breonna Taylor case. Now, just earlier this week, Louisville, Kentucky, this is where this happened. This happened in Louisville, Kentucky, has settled with the family of Breonna Taylor for $12 million. This is the largest settlement, I I believe, in the history of of Kentucky, the largest civil settlement settlement in the history of Kentucky that has to do with police misconduct. And I'm going to be very careful with how I talk about this because the Breonna Taylor case is complicated because we're having an issue with what is the mainstream media narrative and what are the actual facts of the case? So if you have heard this name before, and if you have seen her face before, the mainstream media narrative is this, that this young lady was an EMT that was sleeping in her bed peacefully, and police officers barged in with a no-knock warrant and just shot her dead. 
This is the narrative that has been all over mainstream media. This is the narrative that is being sold to Black America as they try to, you know, gin up our, our emotions about Black Lives Matter and systemic racism and, and all of the things that they're using right now to try to get Black people to vote for Democrats. And this is the narrative. Oprah Winfrey put Brianna Taylor's face on her cover. It was the first time, I believe, in the magazine, the Oprah Winfrey magazine's 20-year history that Oprah herself, the queen herself, has not appeared on the cover of her magazine. So she gave that cover to Brianna Taylor. I've seen Brianna Taylor's image everywhere from Janet Jackson's Instagram to Beyonce's Instagrams. So this young lady has become very culturally relevant to African-Americans in the Black Lives Matter movement. And the way that she has become relevant is by them pushing this mainstream media narrative that I told you before. Now, the issue with this is, and like I said over and over and over again, I'm very sensitive when it comes to this. And I like to, I like to cover these things with compassion when I speak of them, because I don't think that it's a good idea for me as a Black conservative or me as just a Black American in general to get to this point where you just talk about these Black people that have been killed by police just any kind of way. Um, and, and, and smearing them and, and doing whatever, even though some of these people are not good people. We know now that Jacob Blake had a warrant out for sexual assault, was called, had the police called on him because he had already sexually assaulted his ex-girlfriend and was in a scuffle with police. So we know that some of these people had some pretty sketchy backgrounds in terms of what inspired the actual interactions with police, right? So... There are a lot of rumors that are going around with the with the Brianna Taylor case. And this is stuff that I, you know what, I can't even say that it's not confirmed just because it didn't come from mainstream media sources, because mainstream media sources will not touch this. They will not report on this stuff. And there are a lot of rumors going around that perhaps we all know that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend was a drug dealer. That his name was on the warrant. We do know that. That is why the police officers were there. And the reason why police officers generally execute no-knock warrants is because they have information about drug dealers and, and stuff like that. And you know, if you're a drug dealer and you're in the house, you get a bang and, and it says police are at the door, you're going to flush those drugs, you're going to do whatever. And so apparently police have a lot of uh, a very hard time getting the evidence. So that is why they use no-knock no -knock warrants. And so some of the information that is kind of out there floating around in the internet, like I said, unconfirmed, is that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend was a drug dealer. His name was on the warrant. He knew that these were police officers, so he started shooting. This young lady died and was in the crossfire. There are a lot of other things about this young lady that, that are being rumored and, and hinted at. And I won't even go into that. You, you, it's all on the internet. I don't even want to go there. The question that I have is, why are mainstream media journalists afraid to report on these things? Nobody has reported on the young lady that Jacob Blake sexually assaulted. Nobody has reported on the fact that he had all these warrants. Nobody has really reported on that fact. They're just talking about, you know, oh, it's Jacob Blake and it's Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. Candace Owens got into probably the biggest crap show she'd ever gotten into a couple months back when she was the only one that had the guts to say, George Floyd is no hero. This man had a rap sheet a mile long. He had interactions with police. He died with meth and all of this stuff in his system. So we have a mainstream media that is just afraid to touch this stuff. 
And it makes it very unfortunate. And the reason that makes this so dangerous in this particular case, particularly with Breonna Taylor, is because now that there has been a $12 million settlement, and I was doing Fox when they had the press conference, and we would watch all of this stuff. And so there was a very interesting moment in this press conference that came out. I want you to listen to this uh, attorney, one of the attorneys for the family of Breonna Taylor. This is a woman named Lenita Baker. Listen to what she has to say about the police force. It's important for her family to, that they minimize the risk of what happened to Breonna Taylor happening to any other family in Louisville, Kentucky. And we're gonna continue that fight beyond the city of Louisville, Kentucky and throughout this country to protect and reform police departments across America. And it was so important to me when I heard that, that she talked about protecting and reforming the police force, not defunding and reimagining it. Because people that are really interested in real solutions for Americans, and not just in being ambulance chasers and not just in getting people emotional and, and, and fired up for their own political purposes. People that are really interested in helping Americans are pragmatic in this way. And there was a lot of pragmatism to how this attorney, Lenita Baker, dealt with this situation. And I think that that is the kind of pragmatism that we need more of when we talk about this entire cultural conversation we're having right now when it comes to Black Americans and the police force. They didn't use the defund the police rhetoric. They want to work with police officers to reform, right? So this wasn't leftist rhetoric. But out comes Ben Crump, the attorney for the family. Ben Crump, if you don't know who he is, he's kind of like, he's basically a Black Lives Matter ambulance chaser. So anytime this stuff comes up, He's the one that's going to be there. He knows how to, like, he's got the media, whatever. The problem is when Ben Crump comes up to the platform and the podium and says that this $12 million settlement isn't enough, this reform isn't enough, we need to charge these cops that are responsible for this young lady's death. We need to charge them. They need to be charged with manslaughter. And when he said that, it is almost as if he is priming people that protested this young lady's death. He is almost priming them to protest again if they don't get the response in terms of criminal charges against these police officers that they want. Now, this is dangerous. And I'm going to tell you why. The support, they are playing with fire here in the demands to charge these police officers. And I'm going to tell you why. All of the stuff that I just told you about, and like I said, this is all, this is, these are, these are rumors. This is some conjecture. This is stuff that is out there in some of the right-leaning citizen journalist media. Shout out to Brandon Tatum. I believe that he reported some of this stuff. So if you want to really get into it, go into Brandon Tatum's stuff, and, and he'll tell you about this. So the issue is here, there is an ongoing criminal investigation into this Breonna Taylor situation. This investigation has been going on for six months at this point. And now at a certain point, this investigation is going to be complete and the results of this investigation will be released to the public. And at that point in time, we are going to know what the real background is, what was really going on, if this young lady was involved in anything, if she didn't know, whatever, because we, do, we literally do not know at this point. 
in the danger in priming these BLM protesters and priming the mob and all of that stuff too, to be angry and uprise and, and do everything that we know they do when they don't get their way. We have seen this over the past couple of months. The danger is that this report is going to come out. It is going to disrupt the narrative that has already been pushed about this young lady's life. And it's going to make people very, very upset if the facts don't bear it out. If this investigation comes out and it proves some of the rumors about this young lady, then what people are going to say, number one, they're going to discount it. They're going to say, oh, we can't trust the police. This is a lie. They're trying to do that because they because all they want to do is kill us, which is going to further engender distrust in the police. And people like Ben Crump and people like the the hardcore BLM activists, they they want chaos. This is what they want. They want chaos and they want unrest because let me tell you, Ben Crump is not going to be living in Louisville. Ben Crump is going to be wherever he is. He's probably off chasing the next ambulance somewhere, the next thing, because, you know, it's it's a, this is a, there's a hot market for him right now with, with all this media attention that will go away right after the election when Democrats decided, you know, when Democrats lose and, and they can't use us anymore in this way. They can't use Black people's emotions anymore in this way. But it's dangerous. And it's something that engenders mistrust of the police. These narratives are dangerous. And it is deeply unfortunate that we have people that are supposed to be journalists, media professionals, that are afraid to touch this. They are afraid. Journalists. You know, these people, you know, the democracy dies in darkness crowd. They're afraid to touch this. These people that are, you know, they talk so much about how they are speaking truth to power and they're going to hold Trump and all of these other people accountable. They're afraid to touch this. It, it is unfortunate. This Breonna Taylor situation is sad. That young lady did not deserve to die. At all. None of these people did. Breonna Taylor didn't deserve to die. George Floyd didn't deserve to die. Jacob Blake, well, Jacob Blake didn't die. Jacob Blake is in the hospital. But that's not the conversation we're having here. The conversation we're having is about the truth. And the conversation is about a mainstream media narrative versus what the actual facts are. And there are a lot of people that are involved in, in this Breonna Taylor case and these other cases, and I'm sure there will be more. There are a lot of people that have a vested interest in making sure that these facts do not get out because they disrupt the narrative that is going to keep Black people fearful, keep us upset, and keep them empower. So keep your eyes peeled for this investigation, the results of this investigation into Breonna Taylor's death to come out. I am almost certain that there are a lot of people that are going to be very angered and upset when the facts come out. After the break, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris tried to pander to Latinos in Florida, and these potential Latino voters were not having it. That's up next. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The Kamala Harris, Joe Biden potential administration. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get it so wrong. 
it is the Joe Biden Kamala Harris ticket. You know, sometimes, oh Kamala, oh boy, Kamala, she's she's an ambitious one, isn't she? She says the quiet part out loud. A couple of days ago, she was talking about what a Harris administration would do. So we caught her. <laughs> we know the game. We know Joe Biden is is just a puppet for the radical left to prop up while they use him to push their agenda in the White House. But let's not even get into that. That is a, that is an entirely different episode. So Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were on the campaign trail in Florida because now the Democrats are, are, are running scared. They're, they're very, very worried about the fact that they are not polling among Latinos in Florida in the way that they think they should be polling. They're actually polling very poorly. It's somewhere around, I, I think that the polling was a 30 to 35% of potential Latino voters in Florida are, are going for Trump. And that is bad news for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So what did they do? Well, they decided to salsa on down to Florida and not talk to Latino community leaders about how they can effectively engage the community with different policies, not talk about anything like that. Oh, no, no, no. Joe Biden comes out and he plays Despacito from his phone and does a little creepy dance at a Latinos for Biden event. It was it was like it was literally like watching your grandpa try to be cool. And it was just, oh, my God, like Joe Biden. He's just so, uh, you know, it's elder abuse. This is what this is. This is elder abuse. Joe Biden is not all there. We know it. They know it. Everybody knows it. So he plays Despacito and gives us creepy smile. And that is, you know, Latino voter outreach. Kamala Harris decided to visit a Latin restaurant unannounced because this is apparently what you do when you want to reach out to to Latino voters, you just go to a restaurant, uh, you know, you do a little photo op. It's everything is so skin deep with the way in which they choose to engage minority voters. It's actually crazy that they think that this is going to work. Well, when Kamala Harris went down to this Latin restaurant, she enraged, everybody was outraged. The owner of this restaurant had to do a local TV interview and basically say, I don't endorse any candidate. I don't do politics. I stay out of it. This was not endorsed. After the patrons of this restaurant lit up his social media and said, how dare you have this woman in our restaurant? How dare you have her in here interrupting us, basically unannounced to try to do a photo op? Because here's the thing that the left doesn't understand about Latino voters, because to them, it's, it, the left uses all minority voters like this, Latino, Black, gay, whatever. There's no idea, so there's only pandering. In their minds, all Latino voters are this idea of these hardworking, illegal immigrants. You know, sometimes they say the quiet part out loud. Remember a couple of years ago on The View, this is awful. When uh, Kelly Osborne was on The View, and she thought that she was going to make a really big dig against Trump. And she said, well, Trump, if you kick all the Im illegal immigrants out, who's going to clean your toilets? And th this is how they think. And she thought that she was getting in, in a dig. This is how the left thinks about minority voters in the absence of any ideas. And what they don't realize about a lot of the Latino voters in Florida is that they're a lot of Cubans down here in Florida. And you know what Cubans hate? You know what Cubans who fled Cuba despise? Socialism. They despise it. And they know that a lot of these policies that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are running on are socialist policies. 
or at the bare minimum, even if I'm if I'm being a little generous here, these are the kinds of policies that lead to socialism. And I was speaking at an event a couple of weeks ago, and one of the other speakers at the event was this young Latino man who had uh, fled Venezuela. And he he pointed out exactly how socialism started in Venezuela. And I'm I'm new to to all of this stuff, and I, and I'm learning a lot of different things. But how socialism started in Venezuela. They started out by saying, you deserve all of these things paid for by the government. You deserve all this free healthcare. You deserve free college. That was one of the things. So it's free, 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 free. So then they get elected because free, 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 free. Then they get people used to free, 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 free. And then they find out that there's not enough wealthy people to tax in the world to pay for all of this stuff. And so they have to turn the stuff down. But then the electorate, who is used to free, 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 they don't like that very much. And so what happens is someone comes in and overthrows the government. And that's how you have socialism. That is how Venezuela lost everything that they had. That is why there are people eating out of the it, it is awful. So Cubans in Florida know this stuff. And Latinos in Florida know it. And they know that socialism is the wrong answer. Latinos in Florida know that socialism is the wrong answer. But it's the only idea that Biden and Harris have right now. And even going back to this idea of, of how the left panders to minority voters, all Kamala Harris has to do to get a round of free, amazing press and all of these little sycophantic lapdog media that we have here is to wear a pair of Timbaland boots when she's coming off of the plane. It is embarrassing. BET Digital did some write-up. Oh, Kamala came to slay in the Timberland boots. Yahoo knew that the yeah, I thought that Yahoo News was a credible outlet, but they're just talking about, you know, oh my God, the fashion is so great, blah, blah, blah. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing that Timberland boots is what they use to sell a candidate to black people. But this is where they are. In the absence of ideas, there is only pandering. It's pathetic. And it's even, what's even more pathetic is the people who think this is the way to reach minority voters. Do you know why so many Black people are going for Trump? Do you know why so many Latino people are going to Trump? Because that man talks to us like real people, like human beings, not some victim group that some polling firm said, that, you know, you should talk to them in this way, or you should do this, or you should do that. He talks to us like regular people. He talks to Black people and Latino people and gays, just like he talks to everybody else. We don't want pandering. We don't want people to treat us like we're idiots. We just want you to treat us like we are regular, hardworking Americans that have some common sense. That's not happening by playing Despacito out of your phone, Joe Biden. That's not happening because you wear Timbaland boots coming out of the plane, Kamala Harris, or the fact that you go to Latin restaurants to, to eat some of the food and sample some of the culture. Those are not ideas. It's pandering. Florida voters are obviously not here for it. Latinos in Florida are not here for it. And a growing number of Black Americans are not here for it. And there are so many different ways that they pander to so many other minorities. I'll tell you, we got a long time with this podcast in the future. We will get into all of that stuff. 
But the pandering that Biden and Harris did is not the way to reach Latinos in Florida. It is not the way to reach minority voters. Thank you so much to the sponsors for this show. Please support them so that we can continue to bring the show to you for free every single week. If you haven't already, visit the show page at robsmithisproblematic.com. We're making some changes over there that is uh, going to be really great. Social media links, a place to buy the book, any appearances that I'm making on cable news will be there. And most importantly, please tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can learn what the show is about so we can build this movement of problematic people just like you and I. Thanks so much to producer Stephen Calabria and researcher Aaron Kliegman and executive producers Debbie and Newt, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.